Welcome back as the IFC presents another episode of the Four Archetypes of Destiny. My name is James Malamus. We've got a great episode for you. Today we will continue with our new series, The Resolution of the Glitch. We will discuss the finale, part six. It's a great discussion. We can't wait to hear it. If you enjoy the IFCs, the four archetypes, and want to support, make sure you rate the podcast five stars on iTunes and wherever you get your podcast. So without any further ado, Dr. Al Samurai, take it away. Another episode of the Four Archetypes. I am Dr. Lahab El Samurai, and with me today, as always, Dr. Eric Tomlinson is here with us. Dr. Lisa Hong is here with us. Morning. Whitman is not here with us. Whitman, where are you, Whitman? Okay, he's not here with us today, but uh, we are sure he will be back next week because we are the Four Archetypes. So, welcome back, people. We are on part six of Jamp and the Resolution of the Glitch. And if um, you've been following this series of talks, we have focused on not the um, totality of the book. What we focused on throughout these parts are pieces of ideas that we would like to amplify for our audience. So it's not like, oh, I, you know, I've read the book. Do I have to listen to this? No, you don't. But what we're doing is something different than just kind of reviewing a book or talking about a book. Or if everybody's been following us, you already know this. And I am stating the obvious. Okay. Um, what we'd like to do today is start with difficult positions and we want to talk about difficult positions how we have um within us positions that are difficult to maneuver and so um before we start i want uh dr eric and dr lisa to say hello to everybody and uh any thoughts? Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, Doctor Eric, uh, yes, you were you were gonna you were gonna lead us into difficult positions. Yes. Uh, by uh, the way, before you start, I just want to thank you because you have led us into many difficult positions and <laughs> helped us understand <laughs> difficult ideas. And yeah, concepts, but... <laughs> because you have you have the ability to pick out the difficult position and say, um, this doesn't make sense, or mm. how does this work, or what is it about this that I don't get? And that helps us as a group um, clarify certain issues that uh, the listeners, uh, the audience, that um, all of you are reacting to because there are things that you know make sense for uh, a couple of academics but doesn't make sense for anybody else and that's what we're trying to fix let's all be academics but let's all of us understand we don't all have to be academics but we can have a common understanding and we know this from our social, political um, situations that 
not not all of us are heard. And I think this is important that we're all heard. Dr. Eric, take it away. Yes, and thank you uh, for your comments. I, actually, I thought you were going somewhere else with it, so I was very happy. <laughs> you you put you got you me did, on that. You did you you reacted by you reacted you, to the glitch. You got me on that one. You reacted to the glitch. Yeah. All right. Let me just uh, read two short paragraphs for us sure, about sure. difficult positions. What 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 page are you on, by the way? If you want uh, page one thirty two under difficult positions. Okay, excellent. Go for it. Um, the reason this stuck out to me so much is from a personal, uh, my own personal journey with my evolution with JAMP. So um, I really wanted to talk, I really wanted to bring it up for discussion. Here's a question for you. Are you willing to go through temporary discomfort in order to shift the glitch? You've already gone through weeks, months, or years of living in this confined state. Amen to that. So, well, not so be it, but in recognition. So taking the next step shouldn't be fr as frightening as it is, but it is frightening, and we commend you for making it this far through the book. You might have already gone, or you might have already had some form of mental breakthrough or have been provided with insight into your trauma. This can be a painful reality to face. Now you need to retrain your body and your mind to acknowledge the trauma and how it's affecting your gait as well as your psyche. That is how you can begin moving past it. Making the trauma present can be uncomfortable, but it is necessary. And for me, in my personal journey, this was my number one hurdle in the beginning of my process with JAMP. And two quick sub points, and that is one, you have to, I had to be willing to be uncomfortable with it. When I got to the point where I was willing to be uncomfortable with it, that was, that wasn't the complete journey. I then had to be able to understand it and acknowledge it, and know what to do about it. And that's where JAMP came in. It helped me to acknowledge it. It helped me to understand it. It helped define it for me as it related to myself. But most importantly, it helped me move through it. So I wanted to, I wanted to make that point for us um, and see where it leads us. So I think what you're starting with, if I could comment, is that you're starting at the point of what does Jungian advanced motor processing do? How does it work? So part of where you're starting is the discomfort. The discomfort is usually because what happens is, is through the treatment, you start to feel feeling states that have been disassociated for a long time. Mm. So, for example, fear. So you experience fear, but it's only when it's triggered. You don't want to experience it because it takes over, right? It completely shuts you down. So during the treatment, what happens is that you have this feeling state that moves through you. So it's not holding you, possessing you as it usually does when you're triggered. 
is just moving through you. So that discomfort is because it's moving through you. It's like, why am I feeling this? Why am I thinking about this? Why am I reflecting on that day? What am I reflecting on that day? Suddenly you feel there's a difference. There's a nuanced feeling state, nuanced feeling state that moves through you. And that nuanced feeling state is disassociated shards of traumatic aftermath. So what happens in the trauma is that the trauma creates a detonation in the middle of where the feeling state is holding. So think that where you're centered that day, you're feeling good. So that means that your feeling state is in balance. When you're feeling good, it's in balance. There is, there's not really a high, just good. Not really a low, it's just good. It could vary from a little good to okay, but it's within that realm. So in that realm is your feeling state. But suddenly there's trauma. Okay, so the good, the bad, the ugly, all start breaking apart. And they are disassociated. They are moved into places where suddenly we don't know where they went. Dr. Eric is referring to is that that discomfort that comes through the treatment when you start feeling those pieces realigning themselves with your feeling state. So what happens with trauma is that it takes certain feelings and makes them more um, problematic. So fear becomes problematic, right? Because fear, fear is an adaptive feeling state. But it should not control you, overwhelm you, or it's part of our evolution. It's how we've survived all this long. How through hundreds of thousands of years, we stand here. So fear in itself is not a destructive feeling state. When you have trauma, the amount of fear that you carry is much higher than you usually do. Why? Because it's disconnected and disassociated. So when it's triggered, it the complex generates more energy towards it, and therefore the fear becomes completely overwhelming, neutralizing. And what I mean by neutralizing is that you can't move. You can't do crap. You can't do anything you really want to do. Because now it's like a force field that's completely covered you and stuck you to the ground. 
So that's what happens with the dissociative aspects. And what Jungian advanced motor processing does, it brings them back into the fold with your other feeling states. And that's what we talk about when we mean wholeness. When we're disassociated, disconnected, dislocated from our center, we're very far away from regulating our feeling states. And therefore, our feeling states are a danger to us. Because we're constantly avoiding triggers. Dr. Eric? Yeah, I have to say this, too, because this is quite remarkable. <clears throat> um, I know that some audience members or whoever reads the book um, might get to this point and think, I don't want to do that. I want I want to make my trauma present. I'm going to I'm going to be re-traumatized by it all over again. And that's a logical thought. But Jamp in this regard is counterintuitive. What it does because I had that thought myself. But what happened is when I started having the trauma present, the bilateral stimulation aspect of Jamp, what it did is it just what it goes on to say, it releases anxious energy like steam out of a pressure cooker. I when I was when I was feeling trauma effects, I was feeling them being released, and it created a positive feeling for me instead of a fearful reliving type of of experience. It's counterintuitive in that way. Ooh. It it protects you from being re-traumatized by it, even though you may have some some significant reactions, body pains, nausea, whatever. But when you're experiencing it, you're. I was feeling good because I felt like something was being released from me finally. Yeah. So I had I had to make that point. So you make a really good point. So each person in the treatment is going to react very differently. If there is, um, if you are carrying, if it's been disassociated for a very long period of time and it's been held at bay through, um, through a defense mechanism that you use over and over again, what's going to happen is there is a violent breakage of the defense mechanism. It shatters. And That's so, a good way of saying it. Thank you. So the, the steam starts to rise from the shatter. Those steam that rises is what is giving um, all the energy. So what you're doing is you're sapping its energy. You're moving the energy of the feeling state out. So the trauma still remains like a old photo. But it's real life feeling state has been removed. So you don't have to relive it because the most, the most problematic aspects of any trauma is that you relive it like it's today. Happened 30 years ago. You're feeling it today like it's today. Like you just woke up with it. Like it's the first time you've ever tasted it. The first time you've ever thought about it. The first time you've ever touched it, felt it. 
So that's the most troubling aspect of the trauma. And we know from the CDC that one in four has witnessed their mother being beaten or there's some household violence. That one in four has been have seen has witnessed or been part of physical violence, either as a victim or a victimizer. And in many countries, that percentage goes even higher. Well, we're just talking about our country. So yeah, yeah. To, uh, these are these are numbers that we could readily get from the CDC. If you want to learn more about how many people. You know, when we talk about trauma, a lot of people are thinking, oh, you know, they're veterans or no. Trauma is waking up in a place that you don't understand. You don't know how you got there. Trauma is any event where the where your mind is always trying to recalculate and fix it. It's going back and forth. Well, what if I did that? What if I did this? What if I moved here? What if I didn't say that? What if I didn't speak of that? What if I held that back? How could I have changed it? Well, maybe I had control to change it. And it's always an idea of control. Like we had control over the event. And so when we tell the story, we're trying to tell that we were actually in control of the event. It didn't completely overwhelm us. That's too psychologically damaging for our ego that it completely overwhelmed us. Dr. Lisa, you're nodding your head. Yeah, that's an interesting point. This, and would you say that this lack of and struggle of a compromised feeling of control um, is that pretty a universal step in the event of in, in the in the deepening of trauma? I, I, I think so. Yeah. And so that that seems to also, um, you know, turning the corner and being uncomfortable with your fear is um, and everybody's relationship to control would be a unique relationship you can kind of uh, by their general um, archetype do you think every archetype has a different reaction to a compromised control system absolutely that's great that's a brilliant question so each archetypal pattern suffers from the trauma in a different way for instance the lover archetype will feel about the trauma it's a feeling state kind of thing it's it saps their ability to um, socialize associate connect it saps that energy from them with the warrior archetype it saps away their feeling of power so the warrior archetype has this immense amount of feeling state of power. 
I'm in control, cool. you know, Fortitude. I can do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I could move forward. It saps that. Mm -hmm. For the king queen archetype, it saps their sense of divinity. What that means is for the archetype means it saps its essence of what I am. This is who I am. It takes away who I am. For the magician, it throws the magician archetype. The trauma becomes part of an already very complex system of understanding and behaving in the world. So for the magician archetype, trauma is very much inward. Mm -hmm. And they hold it inward and they suffer it in silence over mm -hmm. and over and over and over and over again. The archetype of the lover, they'll speak about it. So in, I'm just going to think like as each of those archetypes, when they're this is when feeling really traumatized some of the self-talk and self-dialogue i'm going to give it a shot maybe you guys can help me out um for the lover it would be um feelings of they don't they don't care about me um i'm not me. desirable yeah um i'm not i know and no one regards me at all yes um and so in the, in the, the self-talk of a warrior, a wounded warrior would be, um, I, I, I can't get through this. Uh, this has wounded me too deeply. Um, um, I will never be myself. Oh, okay. I will never be myself. Yeah, because now, the warrior self is, is power. And now so the power has been taken. But that statement, I will never be myself, is a statement that all the archetypes would say. Correct. In different ways. Yes. You are correct. They all say, I will not be myself. But they're not going to be themselves in the way that we talked about earlier, which is okay. that the I, lover is... I see. So as a warrior, they'll say, um, no one can rely on me. Yes. Um, they, I'm um, useless. I'm useless. There we go. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And uh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm sorry, Lisa. I no. interrupted you. I was just going to keep going, but what do you yeah, have yeah, to interrupt? Yeah. I just, I just needed a quick clarification. Um, I, I really like the. I know it's more than this, but I really like the one word. It really helps me to zero in on the archetype: power, identity, feelings. But the magician is there. One word that kind of sums up them the way you summed up the other three with one word i'm a little i'm not i'm not quite getting it maybe i'm not understanding it correctly you... well the magician uh, the magician is unable to create okay so basically basically they're 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 caught in an internal nightmare and so they cannot create they can't think outside they can't Excellent. really contribute they're they're withdrawn so I would say withdrawn. Okay. That that sums it up. That that really helps me because uh, then I can work from top to bottom, you know, in my top to bottom thinking yeah. I can right. I can I can figure it out better. We can Thank look you. up the the synonym the um 
what is the antithesis of creation? Yeah. Destruction. It's destruction. Yeah. Yeah. So they internalize destruction. So yeah. I, I, then that, that brings up a good point. What you, you what you're practicing, Eric, I just want to remind our uh, listening community and watching community that we are all of the archetypes. We have embodied all right, the archetypes right. within us. So having a balance and striving for a balance of all of them is something that we should all attain. So don't pigeonhole yourself. Yeah. One, think you're not another. We are, we are all of yes. them. No, I'm glad you brought that up. We I carry, thought about we carry up all the patterns within yeah. us. Those mm -hmm. patterns express themselves at different times in our life. Mm -hmm. If we're, if we're, if we're basically integrated, if we're unified yeah. And what means unified means is that we have healed from trauma or we have been in treatment or we have been lucky enough to work through our trauma somehow. So if we're lucky enough, then we have experienced all the archetypes. We've experienced the lover within us. We've experienced the warrior. We've experienced the king-queen archetype being in charge, leading a group, telling people what to do, telling them how to negotiate things and work things and, and make things as a group. We've been the magician. We've been the creators. We've been the inventors. We've been the people who um, think outside the box. But when we're not integrated with the archetypal energy, we are always in a problematic set of thinking and feeling states. I'm not lovable. I I can't do crap. You know, when the king and queen uh, archetype is not functioning, they can't do anything. I, I can't do crap. The lover is like, um, I'm useless. Nobody loves me. The magician is like, well, this is just a continuing nightmare for me. I'm not needed. I'm just here to be tortured. This is my life in a nutshell. Once they understand that, yes, this is part of your life, then they feel better. <laughs> it's like, oh, there was a purpose for that. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that point up, Dr. Lisa, because um, when I was at my lowest moment, it was clearly a combination of two archetypes. I mean, it, it was the feeling states of the lover and it was the use, the, the, the feeling useless by the lack of power of, of the warrior. I mean, they were both hitting me with equal, equal force. Yeah. And so the, the lover and the warrior, uh, Dr. Lisa are, you know, this, they're on a pole. So one sits on one end of the pole and the other sits on the other end of the pole. And when you are in despair, you swing into the poles. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Excellent. So so you start to swing back and forth. Right. And when you're trying to when you're trying to get out of swinging back and forth within the pole, you are accessing the magician archetype. It's like I can get out of this. Come on. I know how to get out of this. The magician is always thinking of ways to get out of something, how, how to get out of this, because they're always trapped into something. <laughs> any concept, any idea that doesn't work for them is a trap. It has to be explored 
and then detonated and then recreated over and over and over and over again. They never sit there and look at it. I mean, um, a great example of this is um, the founder of Apple. The founder of Apple kept looking at every creation he made and said, no, I, this could be better. This doesn't have to be the way this is. Okay, that's the true magician archetype. The true magician archetype is never satisfied with, well, that's how it is. You know, I, it works fine. Don't don't tinker with it. Don't break it. No, the magician breaks it. They're like, because for them, the pattern itself is what needs to change. That's what needs to change. And so if you think about young and advanced motor processing, it's all about the recreation of the pattern. Mm -hmm. It's all That's about it. the integration of the pattern. That's helpful. Mm -hmm. It's all about the realignment of the pattern. And it's also about traveling back in time to the original pattern. Because the original pattern is connected to the archetypal pattern in the best way. Before you were traumatized, before somebody took away the smile on your face, before somebody put a tear in your eye or a scream in your voice, before, 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 you were the archetype and the archetype was you. You were part of the world and the world was a part of you. Dr. Lahab, this is very helpful. Do you, do you, um, I started writing it down late. Re it realigns the patterns. It goes back to the original pattern. And you said a couple of others before then. And I integrate the pattern. Okay. And creates a new pattern. Ultimately, that's what it does. It creates a new pattern because the old pattern has faded. But to go back to the old pattern is to understand how to create a new pattern. Mm -hmm. But you have to be in touch with it. And what Dr. Lisa started talking about was how do we get jolted out of the archetype? How do we get dislocated from the archetype? Dr. Lisa? Well, I'm really fascinated by the whole the willingness to change part because that like you said dr eric that is the hardest step it's mm -hmm. it looks insurmountable it looks inconceivable yeah um, no way am i going in that direction i've got this worked out right so the the when you said being willing to be uncomfortable as a warrior i mean is that literally i, I had to admit with the concept of me accepting feeling useless or accept I'm, I'm sorry these are very personal questions that's that's fine uh these or you know is is the dialogue where does this the willingness to be uncomfortable fall into the whole willingness it, to change it was real simple it was real straightforward for me i didn't care how much i had to hurt if i could get better 
because I had already been hurting my whole life like that. So mm -hmm. why not hurt and try something that makes me better? So that, that was my that, attitude. That's the archetype. That's the archetype. So, that's the archetype speaking through you. The so warrior. <laughs> when you hear, when you hear that, when you hear that in yourself, Dr. Yeah. Eric gave a beautiful example. This is poetry in motion. Yeah. This is how the archetype speaks to you. It speaks through you. You've tried everything else. Might as well try this. Mm -hmm. Never give up. Never surrender. Warrior. Klingons. Warriors. So you know the warriors because of their voice. Mm -hmm. Because there's a clear understanding of what they do. They don't muddle things. It's very clear. Do or die. Warrior. Yeah. Right or wrong. Warrior. These are all warrior sayings. And you know their warrior sayings because they have a beginning point and an end point, and there is clarity about them. They're never disguised. The magician and the lover yeah. will use language that is disguised. So the magician and lover would say, I... I'm guessing here. I'm trying it because I'm a queen. Yeah. So the magician would say, <laughs> since magician. I'm a magician and I know yeah. a little bit about this. So the magician would say, I could get out of this. I can find a way out. I can create a door. Yes. But isn't that avoidance as well? That statement. Or I create a new world or I can start over. Is that kind of. Well, when you're stuck, it's uh, you constantly start over. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could see where the the danger of that is. It could become delusional. It's a, it's a, of course, yeah. yes. It's yeah. a very good point. Yes, we could always start over. We could always start over. Yeah. But the uh, the difference between starting over and being stuck in starting over are two different yeah. things. Can you elaborate on that more? That's yeah. So, if I keep saying it, it doesn't have the meaning of the archetype it's of the human organism that's stuck and scared the archetype says it once and does it once the organism says it several times and tries it over and over again because it's not aligned when it's aligned that means something very different when i say i'm starting over then mm. I'm like, I'm throwing out all my research and I'm starting over. This doesn't work. You know. And that's what Apple did. They would start over. Same pattern. Different idea to the pattern. What mm -hmm. they are trying to do is take a simple pattern and make it more complex that's what starting over is you take the same pattern that you've been using and you say okay these parts work and this part doesn't work let's toss this part and create a different part for this you know it's if you think about remodeling what do we think about we think about space but what are we really thinking about? We're thinking about how we define space. Yeah. 
not how other people define space. It's how we understand space. It's how we exist within the space. Okay, the same thing with the pattern. So each archetype, as they go through the patterns, right? when you're healed, you start being more creative. You start seeing the magician side of you. You start feeling uh, that sense of authority, that sense of command. You start feeling the archetype of the queen king. When you talk about space like that, does that is that, I, I don't know, this may seem like a silly question, but it just hit me. Does that mean feng shui is all about patterns? Absolutely, it's about pattern. Feng shui, pattern? There's, a, there's a right way to do things and there's a wrong way to do things. Yes, there's a pattern. Of course. There, is, there are things that need to face in a certain direction. There are things that need to be done in a certain way. Absolutely. I'm, so it, I, don't so know, I, I don't know the complexities of Feng Shui, but we as organisms, we understand the world as a pattern. We move in patterns. Our whole design, if this was like, designed out of X's and O's. We move in patterns. We move from one thing to another in a pattern. If you know anybody, even so even our the way we relate to our, our trauma, as Dr. Lisa put it, there is a pattern because the archetype is disconnected. The archetype wants to be reconnected. You want to be reconnected to the archetype. You and the archetype cannot be separated. What the trauma does is it, it creates this havoc within the archetype, the connection to the archetype. The archetype doesn't change. It's not traumatized. The archetype itself is eternal. It's a godlike structure. It doesn't... When you get traumatized, what it does is it creates a complex for you to defend you. We call it complex because it's personal archetype. It's a personal archetypal defense. We call it a complex. But there's also universal complexes. So they're both personal and universal. Well, how is that? My relationship with my mother is personal. My relationship with mother is global, collective. You know, so if somebody says, what makes a good mother? I have an idea. Where do I get that idea if my mother was, if my mother didn't treat me that way or treated me badly or didn't, where do I get the global idea? That's inherited. That's archetypal. That's how Jung discovered the archetypes because we have these global ideas that make no sense because our personal experiences are very different. Well, where do we get these global ideas? Why do we have them? Why do, why do they move us in certain directions? Why do they take over? A warrior will like go through a army unit and get to the other side of the hill. And people will call it astonishing, mad. I don't know how they did it. They're just aligned with the archetype. 
they were on automatic. They were on. They were control. on automatic. They were on cruise control. Some of the great painters, philosophers, chemists, physicists. There, when they do a piece of work that blows everything out of, they were on automatic. That's the archetype. Yeah, as athletes say, they're in the zone. Athletes say they're in the zone. Everybody has a zone, right? That zone is the archetypal zone. You are now with your archetype. Yeah. And with, interestingly enough, I've been watching this, this special um, by the famous guy. He does tons of stuff. Um, series on Vietnam War and some of the guys were saying that it, that in those violent traumatic events they can go days and days at a time and and not just be in the zone but what they're describing Dr. Lahab and Dr. Lisa is is they're dissociated absolutely their their, their feelings don't matter to them Per people don't matter to them except their except their task. Yes, yeah, so that's the archetypal zone. The archetypal zone is not human zone. That's why feelings don't matter. It's not a human zone. It's not an organ. Is is not where the organism lives. It's where the gods live. And some of them explain this. Some of them said that it was the most. Initially, it was the most fearful that they ever felt. But once they moved past the fear and blocked it out, it was the most exhilarating feeling that they'd ever experienced in their entire life. Yeah, because you're giving you're giving up your instincts for the archetypal characteristics. You're giving up your power to align yourself with the archetype. And usually when you fall off, when you fall off the board on that top of the wave, when you're getting close, is you start to think you're human. And that's usually when you stumble. That's when you mm. get killed. <laughs> that's when you, mean, you fall. You mean superhuman? No. You start to like, you realize that you're an organism. You have legs and hands, and you could die. The organism has this fear. It pops up into, and so that's when you fall. But when you're, when you're beyond a certain point, you don't remember, you don't care. Like you said, Dr. Eric, you don't feel it, you don't care. And warriors that have been in violence, when they fall, when they fall like you've just described, they become very suicidal, oftentimes. A absolutely, absolutely. And uh, these defeat uh, the, when they when you come when you come, this is what happens when um, mm. you're having a manic episode. Right? They'll describe people who are in the zone are in a manic episode. You know, it's like because they're just not here. They're everywhere else, but not here. Well, that basically tells you you're not 
a creature in that body. You're somewhere else. We our our veterans. We have in this country a veteran commits suicide almost every hour. Yeah, I believe that. It's horrible, and that's why that's why Young Advanced Motor Processing is a treatment for all veterans. It's because it's it reintegrates you because you've been shattered. Watching watching other pieces, people blow up into pieces or be your friends or your colleagues or your fighting mates or whatever they are being taken away in a split second over and over again. As an organism, it is devastating. Changes you forever. Well, yeah, because what what's what, what is being threatened, Doctor Eric? Your existence, exactly. But think about your existence is being threatened like it's a roulette table, and it's done so violently and 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 dismembering. Correct, and then it stops. It's when it stops that it becomes an overwhelming problem. When it's ongoing, it's like the task is to survive. The task is, is your internal system is like survive, 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 survive. You can survive. You can survive. By the way, that's the archetype. Because you're a warrior. Warriors have to survive. Otherwise, wars don't end. That's the fear. Ken Burns was the producer, by the way. Yeah, you're talking about the PBS special, right? Yeah, by Ken Burns. Yeah, the it is an amazing. Producer. It is an amazing special. If it anybody is. wants to like understand psychologically, socially, culturally, uh, what was going on, the violence, the trauma, the it is of, an amazing yeah. series. And of course, the lying by the government and and all the all the the ways that we were so in so many ways wrong uh by many people who were had good intentions and good heart and then some who were just trying to save face yeah it's, yeah it's, it's a, a it's a very good special but all of that fit in the uh, reason i bring up those dynamics was not to complain but was to link them to how that affected the individuals who were fighting and their PTSD, how it, how it added to it. Yeah. And, and they talk about it in the series. Yes. But the PTSD starts when you land, when it stops. Yeah. It's when you fly home, it stops. So think about the organism. The organism is in a mode of defending itself over and over again, over and over again, over and over again. It has an imprint in its head that's being attacked continuously over and over, over and over, over and over, over and over, over and over. And so the first thing that they need to do before they send them home is to jam them. Absolutely. They all need to be jammed. And they need to be jammed over and over again, over and over, over and over, over and over. Multiple times. So multiple times, like day after day, jam you over and over again. 
for at least two weeks just to get you to the point to take that plane ride home. Because when you land in the airport, the first thing that you see is your fear. It's not coming home. And that experience of coming back to fear becomes an overwhelming pattern because that's what you landed into. You landed in fear, unknown. Because if you see our vets when they return, if you, they show you close-up of their faces, they are not here. No, they're not. They're just not. They smile like they're supposed to smile, but they're not here. They're vacant. Yeah. And it's that disassociation that mm -hmm. needs to be dealt with, that vacancy, that emptiness. Because that energy from the feeling state has been dislocated, disassociated, disconnected. Those are the feeling states that need to come back. And I think, Eric, you had mm -hmm. said something earlier about this, um, about jam, about how making... Um, I'm just going to read it. <laughs> Here's a passage here in, in the glitch book on page 132. Now you need to retrain your body and your mind to acknowledge a trauma and how it's affecting your gait as well as your psyche. That is how you can begin moving past it. Making the trauma present can be uncomfortable, but it is necessary. Meditating to release anx anxious energy can help but it is like letting the steam out of a pressure cooker while keeping it in cook mode. We got to let out that steam. We got to release. We got to make movement happen um, instead of being stuck in that same place, uh, vacant, disassociated, and not present. And it has to be let out. It has to be let out in conjunction with healing processes. Yes. If it's let out, on its own without healing processes in conjunction with it it destroys you that is an excellent point <laughs> yeah it's very hard to let it out without the healing process what you're letting out is affect so and when you let out affect it just feels shitty it just feels terrible because you're you can't you can't access it that's part of the problem that's what young advanced motor processing does. You are able to access. Yeah. You couldn't access before. And without that, it, it actually does re-traumatize you. Absolutely it does. Because you're basically, you're just good. You're, it's just hitting you over the head again. Yeah. Over and over and over and over again. It's a repetitive cycle. So what happens is, is that you come home and then two days later, you're sitting there on the edge of the bed. If not, you noticed right away. You're not in your body. So if you're making love or you're connecting with the person you missed or lost, you're not in your body. So that feels like terrible because you're not in your body. And that's what I like about JAMP is because it's measured. The, the, the bilateral stimulation is measured. The associate positive affirmations are measured and, and, and it, and it, it guides you and, the healing in 
in between the two halves of the two hemispheres is done gradually as well. So all of those are happening at the same time in a measured, let me, let me walk with you through this process kind of way. Yeah. The bilateral stimulation is there's two elements to it. It's not one element. It's not just light, watching the light. It's also listening to the sound. Mm -hmm. And it's also seeing actually three elements. It's also seeing the affirmations and the images. Mm -hmm. So there are several elements to the way the treatment works. To differentiate, it's differentiated from EMDR because it works on several different elements. We don't use one element. We don't, um, the protocols are very different in how we use all these. This is an integrated treatment for long-term as well as short-term. Yeah, it's integrated. You're right. It's it's integrated and specifically applied. It's right. not a cook. It, there's not a cookie cutter process. No, because everybody's different, and the way we approach them will be different. If you've had four decades of trauma, if you had one traumatic experience, if you had a life of trauma, if you had two decades of trauma, it's not the same. It doesn't take the same amount of time to work through the traumas. If you're younger, you heal much faster. Your brain is still able to reconnect a lot quicker. The longer the trauma has been there, the longer it's been ignored, it's been feared, it's been disassociated, disconnected from. Not addressed. <laughs> not addressed. Thank you. The more you need to do a longer treatment like everybody is different and also it's an archetypal treatment so if you're a certain archetype certain things require longer periods other archetypal patterns heal differently and are able to connect and disconnect differently what an interesting topic for a future mm. podcast yes mm -hmm. absolutely and with that, this is the four archetypes. And as a, we always send you off with, I am not afraid. I am not afraid. I am not afraid. We are not afraid. We are the four archetypes. And hopefully Whitman will be back with us next week. See you, everyone. Thank you for tuning into part six of the resolution of the glitch. We hope you enjoyed hearing from Dr. Al Samurai, Dr. Eric Tomlinson, and Dr. Lisa Hong. You can also find us on the IFC's YouTube. Make sure to check out the JAMP Institute for Training's Magician Call podcast as well. The IFC is a not-for-profit institution. We do not have any paid advertising for our podcast, but we do accept donations. All donations and contributions are tax-deductible. You can find more info at theinstituteforconflict.com.